Hi, I'm Alana. And I'm Ian Foswain. And we're Bonjay, and you are listening to The The Interview interview Show. show. Can you do another one? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't sure how we were ending that. Okay, well, Um, let's say The Interview Show together, but look at each other when we say it. Okay, so The Interview Show. Hi, I'm Alana. And I'm Ian Foswain. And we are Bonjay, and you are listening to The The Interview Show. I was going to say The Internet Show. Let's do it one more time. (laughs) Hi, I'm Alana. And I'm Ian Foswain. And we're Bonjay, and you are listening to The, the Interview, Interview Show. Is that okay?
creeping is about, so you should talk about creeping. I was going to do stumble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but go. And then creeping is, um, brings it down and gets a bit softer um, vocally and a bit deeper production-wise. And um, that was... I found the instrument, the instrumental to creep in around the time that I was trying to convince uh, Ian to have a career in music, and um, I noticed he had all these folders on his computer desktop, and uh, I assumed they were music folders. So I broke in and <laughs> found this instrumental, and it's like this is really good, but I'm afraid if I bring it to him. He either may not have time to finish it right away, or he may convince me not to use it. So I'm just going to record something on top of it, and then I'll have to finish it. Um, and the subject matter was inspired by um, a friend, and just a, the idea of fighting for a relationship that's not worth fighting for, and uh, just trying to get her to realize her her worth. Um, and then uh, the vocal instrumentation around that time, I was listening to a lot of um, Feist's album, The Reminder, um, and just like a little bit more of a delicate um, or nuanced vocal delivery. And then um, Bjork's post album, I was listening to a lot of too, and St. Vincent's actor that had a, had a lot of like eerie background vocals. Um, and then I put it together in, uh, and um, siphoned it through my experience singing in choirs and just like layered everything and wanted it to be as full and dense and kind of com complex as possible um and then foe just did such a great job of um laying a really strong foundation for that and i love how the hand claps kind of battle with the vocals and you don't know which one to pay pay attention to and it's just this kind of tension that it creates and but then it's kind of like washy and dreamy at the same time there's just so much mood to that song um, I know we made it, but I love it, and I feel it every time I listen to it. Hi, I'm Alana. And I'm Ian Fo-Swain. And we're Bonjay, and you are listening to The, the Interview, Interview Show. Show. All right, well, welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host, and today I have Bonjay with me. And I've got both of them. I've got Alana and Ian. Hello, guys. Hey. Hello. Good to have you on the show. All right, so now I've heard the origin of the name Bonjay. And I would love it, Alana, if you could say Bonjay just like your mom does. <laughs> Bonjay! Just like that. A little bit more excitement, but yeah, that's pretty much how you pronounce it. So it's not quite Bonjay, it's more like Bunjay. Bonjay! Oh my god, that kind of thing. Nice, nice. So can you explain it for the listeners what that means? Yes, Bonjay is uh, Grenadian slang. My mother is from Grenada. And uh, it's, it's originally Creole, meaning bon Dieu or good God in English and so anytime something exciting or unbelievable happens my aunt and my mom would all kind of like knee slap and then call out Bunje oh my god I can't believe she just did this or he just did that yeah it marks an exciting moment cool cool well thank you very much for the explanation so I would also love it since you guys are bringing dancehall I mean you use it so much in your music can you talk a little bit of what that is for people who don't know what it is yeah I feel like uh, I'll throw it to Faux because he's he's better articulating just what a genre is and how it influences and how it works. Yeah, dancehall reggae is kind of the digital era of dancehall. So when people had moved on from uh, Bob Marley and roots-oriented stuff and they started to use drum machines and synthesizers and stuff like that around the mid-'80s, 
Um, that was the origins. And then in the 90s especially, <coughs> there was a real heyday of just like super creative beat making. Um, it's a bit more syncopated than hip hop style stuff. And what's cool is that especially in the 2000s, it's kind of taken off at all different tempos. So, um, you know, a lot of like dance music, like uh, the different kind of pirate radio musics from the UK or even um, uh, hip hip hop stuff has a lot more... Uh, rules about how fast it can be or what the beat structure is like but basically dance hall is all over the map and um, everyone um, you know making dance hall in Jamaica and elsewhere is always competing for who can come up with the freshest new idea so we aren't straight dance hall but um, it was definitely a good place um, a good home for our uh, our musical ideas because uh, you know you can go so many different directions with it nice thank you very much for your explanation so I read you guys met at a party mm-hmm. so can you sort of recreate how you guys started talking about music yes <laughs> okay so this young woman walks into this party it's a sweaty loft party um, above an Italian restaurant in Ottawa's Chinatown and there she sees the kids that she saw at the Indian punk shows the night before, uh, some of the jocks from Ottawa, the break dancers. Everybody in Ottawa who's interested in something different congregates here. She walks in and she hears this song. It's the Bugs in the Attic zombie remix of I think a Fela Kuti song. She runs up to the DJ who's mid-mix and she's like, excuse me, um, I'm an R&B singer but I really want to do something forward-thinking and I really want to do something different and I, I, I really want to work with you. And the the DJ looks up all kind of flustered and he's like, uh, here's my card. And then that was the end of the introduction. I had broken the cardinal rule of DJing and had interrupted faux mid-mix and uh he politely or impolitely acknowledged my my excitement in the music and gave me his card. And um, I didn't know that he produced, but I trusted his taste. And uh, I guess maybe he knew of my singing. I'm not really, I don't really know when we confirmed that we would be willing to work with each other. We kind of took a chance and um, it was uh, a chance worth taking. So I'll give it over to Ian here. Does that happen to you a lot as a DJ? Well, I, I just realized I'm glad that I had a card because I don't have a card anymore as a DJ. It's like someone that does weddings or something like that. I don't know why I had a card. And I had a guy sort of like playing basketball. Yeah, that was, that was one of the, like the cheapest card you could buy had like three images you could choose in the corner. And one of them was a guy playing basketball. Yes. So I, I chose that. But um, <coughs> uh, that's the only time that's ever happened. <laughs> that somebody's come up so here. it has a 100% success rate so far. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alana. And I'm Ian Fo-Swain. And we're Bonjay, and you are listening to The, the Interview, Interview Show. Show.
And I'm Ian Fosswain. And we're Barnjay, and you are listening to The, the Interview, Interview Show. Show. Um, Stumble is uh, basically... It kind of it's kind of a narration of that moment that we were talking talking about that party that that you walk into that kind of blows your mind um, wide open and you kind of feel like you found your place you found your spot you found your people and your music and the scene that you want to be a part of um, and that's just sort of one of many coming of age stories on Bratopsy. Uh yeah what well, okay it, yeah um, stumble uh, is definitely about that party scene of kind of the mid two thousands right that. Um, a lot of these parties came up independently of one another, like um, Holotronics and The Rub in New York City and um, Disorganized. And, uh, you know, that era is kind of over now, but it was a really fresh and exciting thing um, when it was just uh, starting up. And at the same time that that song is about commemorating those kinds of feelings, you know, where, where we first met, um, it was also kind of about killing off the air horn as a sound. It's like the most overused um, DJ sound. And yeah, so we kind of turned the air horn into a melody. And I think that's the last time that we'll ever use it in, in a song. Actually, I have like a producer dinner once a month or so with a bunch of my friends in Toronto who also make um you know, production-oriented music. And uh, we're having a competition to come up with the successor to the air horn and try to make a sound to get people hype so that you don't hear the air horn a hundred times in the club on a Saturday night. I think everybody wins. Whoever wins that contest, everybody wins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. Time to let the air horn die. It's funny, though, because in thinking about this, uh, like the social context matters a lot though right you can make up a sound but unless it has some like relationship to having a wild party then it doesn't necessarily mean all that much like the only reason that everybody plays the air horn is because in the early days of dance hall that became like a sound that people would play and it became uh, associated with with excitement so not only do we have to come up with a new sound but we have to throw some amazing parties that are super memorable so that um we can play the sound at them, and they grow together. Oh, can you talk about your working dynamic? And like, is it just Alana sings, you do the beats, or how does it work? Mm, I start out sketching the rhythms, and I usually give Alana a rough sketch of like, uh, you know, like a loop for the the verse and a loop for the chorus. Yeah, and so once I have a general sense of what the vibe of the instrumentation is going to be. Um, then I set up my desktop mic stand and put on my headphones and just record on loop and just sort of uh, riff and improvise. And then the instrumentation sparks different melody ideas and different um, rhythmic ideas and stuff. And so that forms the basis of a verse or a chorus. And then we come together. That's when the sort of independent work ends. We come together and we discuss what we have and discuss... Um, direction and then we'll write lyrics together we'll come up with a theme or we'll comment on each other's side of of the song but um yeah we respect that we each have our strengths but then we're, we're collaborating more and more yeah. cool so then can you take one track off raw topsy and talk a little bit about the negotiation that happened <laughs> oh i think the most negotiation happened with shata um perhaps fo you could talk about what you originally envisioned and i could talk about my internal battle with writing the melody to the song uh, well, it was kind of riffing on this um, 
like mid 2000s dancehall rhythm called the applause rhythm and yeah it was pretty high concept it was like take this this um beat concept and then kind of marry it with like a 60s soul group vibe because that's something unique that Atlanta brings that isn't usually in dancehall is those kind of tough soul vocals but then you weren't really into the idea as no, I recall it's, it's sound, it felt like a really strong forward thinking pop song and pop isn't bad but um, I'm still stuck in an indie rock where I'm like it can't be too pop or it can't be too um, straightforward it always has to be slightly to the left and so I wrote this melody and tried to make it as <coughs> up and down and kind of all over the place as possible um, and I was like, ah, oh, it still sounds kind of poppy. How do we make it weird? And so we added this kind of Kate Bush-esque um, operatic part at the end and then like added all this weird percussion and became this dense 60s girl group meets dance hall tune. There was a lot of back and forth and discussion and sneaking into the studio and adding bits and sneaking into the studio and taking bits out until it became Shata. It, it definitely ended up weird, though, because I remember for the first, like, before Bratopsy came out, when we would play that, no one knew how to dance to it at all. <laughs> and our manager was telling us, oh, it sh- this should be more four to the floor. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't change it, obviously. Yeah. Um, and and uh, But in hindsight, it's like, like people are getting it now. You know, it was kind of a slow burger, which is cool because we always try to kind of push things um, a bit, you know, we we try to make music that's accessible, but there's always, you know, some stuff in there that will blow your mind. Hopefully. Hi, I'm Alana. And I'm Ian Fowswain. And we're Bonjay, and you are listening to the, the interview, interview show.
I'm Ian Fowswain. And we're Bonjay, and you are listening to The, the Interview, Interview Show. Show. Cool. Wow. That was awesome, dudes. Thank you very much for that. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, because you started out doing covers, it seems like that's a common step that all Canadian bands tend to do. Mm. I want to get your thoughts on that. Oh, I never noticed that. Um, Is that I, true? I guess so. It actually started out at those disorganized parties where... Um, like they were once a month, and so we would try and come up with something new every month. Once a month, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some that uh, um, we never recorded because they didn't go over well. No. Actually, you know what? I mean, they were generally amazing, but there's a couple I can remember that were uh, ill-advised, and that's also something that you learn when you do covers. Is it forces you to kind of break down a song and figure out what the elements are, what you're going to use, what you're not going to use, and think about you know, how the person that wrote that song kind of kind of structured it. And, you know, you, you learn with, with every one of those. So I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed that we started out a cover band. Yeah. Hi, I'm Alana. And I'm Ian Fowswain. And we're Bonjay, and you are listening to The, the Interview, Interview Show. Oh. Mm-hmm. 